Welcome to Chatsunami. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Chatsunami. I'm Satsunami and joining me today is the patron saint of sandwiches in this very festive season. He has happily agreed to jingle into the fray with me to discuss this Christmas classic, as it were. It is the one, the only, Adam. Adam, Welcome back. Hello, hello. Season's greetings to one and all. I also consider myself the booster to your turbo, man. Oh, you are not the booster. <laughs> nobody likes booster. <laughs> I like No, nobody likes booster. Like, that is one of my favourite running jokes. But before we, before we jump the gun and get into what we're talking about today, how are you doing in this very festive period? I'm doing not too bad, thanks. I'm just trying to stay warm, desperately scrape together the coppers to buy all the Christmas presents. But apart from that, you know, not too bad. How about yourself? Yep. You and me both trying to get that last minute Christmas shopping in, trying to get that Turbo Man doll that, yeah, that my loved ones have all been saying. You know, they say, Satsu, you gotta get us a Turbo Man, and I've been rushing from shop to shop. You ever find that, though, when you're rushing from shop to shop and then you get yourself into a bit of a fracas and then you see somebody grabbing two and you're like, he got two! He got two! <laughs> I was actually out shopping today, and my God, it was like I I was I wouldn't be surprised if they had like a riot shield guy standing at the door, just like ushering people in, being like, "No, you can only have one." Judge Dread walking the aisles. It is pandemonium. It is absolutely crazy. Although there's plenty of turkeys, like I can safely say that. Yeah, we were told that there was going to be a shortage of turkeys, and I don't know. I think they all fled here because <laughs> there's loads of them. Christmas is indeed in full swing. So yeah, very festive all around. And yeah, as you could tell by our, I say this every time, but you know, our very subtle references. Today we are indeed going to be talking about the one, the only, the incredible Jingle All The Way. Last year we did quite a few Christmas themed episodes and one of them was of course our top five Christmas films, wasn't it? Yep, indeed. The most happy of episodes. Oh, it was a great episode though. But of course one that ranked on our top five was indeed Jingle All The Way. I can't actually remember what level <laughs> or what ranking we gave it. I think it was probably five. I think it was four, to be honest. I think Die Hard got five, and I think Jingle All The Way got four. And this is a film that I have to admit, it's one of these films that I grew up with, and I'm guessing you grew up... Well, of course, you would have grown up with it as well. Yeah, it's a film that I've never really thought much of. I've enjoyed it, I've watched it, like, every Christmas period. Obviously, thanks to the advent of the internet, you've got so many people now who are like, oh, this film's terrible and it's, it's an absolute disgrace. But is it safe to say that you grew up like watching this film as well and enjoying it? No, it is not safe to say I grew up with this. Oh, really? I didn't watch wow. this film until my teenage years. I actually can't remember I can't remember how old I was that I was in high school before before I watched this. In fact, you know, it might have even been early years of university for me. It was much later that I, I mean, I'm a huge Arnie fan, mm-hmm. um, but this is one that I hadn't but I, well, unless I did say it when I was a kid and I've just forgotten, but no, this, was, this wasn't one that I, I regularly watched by any means. It wasn't until comparatively recently that I, it's gone into my rotation. I am actually shocked at that. This is the first Chatsunami exclusive. There you go. 
I live to shock you. Yeah, tell me, Adam, how was it like not having a childhood during Christmas time? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was pretty good, but you get used to it, you know. Oh, of course, you can do a lot of things with lumps of coal. You'd be surprised. Do you know? See the fact that that tradition—I say tradition, but it's a very bad one. You know, Santa giving like naughty kids coal on Christmas. Was that not like a good present back in the day? <laughs> Probably was. I mean, I presume that's how all these coal barons got their start. This free coal <laughs> they were given by Santa. <laughs> Mr. Potter's all over the world. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get to that film. Well, some people saw a punishment, he saw an opportunity. It's like, you know those like self-help people you get on Instagram nowadays? Like, I can imagine it being them being like, I got a lump of coal for Christmas, but instead of whining about it, I turned it into an opportunity. When life gives you a lump of coal, burn the ozone layer. That is indeed true, yes. Brought to you by Chatsunami. Step four, profit. We've really got to work in the other steps. I think we're at step four, and <laughs> somehow we skipped all the other steps. We only need step four. <laughs> to be fair, that is true. You know, Mr. Potters of the world who are listening to this, yeah, just give us a call, give us your profit, and you know what? We'll give you your call back. Yeah, I'm actually really surprised, though, you got into it late. So, out of curiosity, what made you get into this film? Well, I'm a huge Arnie fan, and so for, mo- for the most part, I prioritise watching his action films. And then I kind of didn't watch many of his comedy films until later on. And then this happened to be one that, like, uh, I see my own and it was Christmas time. And I thought, let's have a watch of this one. And I have to admit, like, it didn't really catch me the first time I watched it. It was only having gone back and watched it subsequently that I am that I think it's now a masterpiece. A misunderstood masterpiece that more people need to appreciate. I mean, I actually can't remember the first time I watched it. But it was definitely one of those films that I watched as a kid. I mean, that's probably aging me <laughs> significantly. But, I mean, it came out in 19. 19- 96, four years shy of the millennium. And yeah, it's been one of those films that, although I wouldn't consider it, like, I consider it a really good Christmas film, but I wouldn't consider it as, like, you know, an ultimate, how to put this, like, I wouldn't say it's like a tearjerker, like, it's the one where you rush your family into the room and be like, come on, we're all gonna watch Jingle. Or maybe you would, maybe you would, because it is a good film, but it's not like it's a wonderful life or something like that. Yeah, it's not quite It's not. It's not the final scenes of Home Alone, I'll give you, I'll give you that. Oh, but that, that Homer would know Chef Kiss just. Mm so good. I actually need to watch that. That and I'm up at Christmas Carol. Both absolutely fantastic Christmas films. Yeah, I should probably point out that we aren't sponsored by any of these Christmas films. After all, why would we be? But if... Fire, please. <laughs> it's like, please, please, Santa. Just all we want is a sponsorship for Christmas. Please. <laughs> yeah, just burn this episode and put it up the chimney. <laughs> That's how they do it in some places, please. <laughs> and yeah, I honestly can't remember. It's just, I remember this being one of the films that just was always there. It was always on. Same with like The Grinch and all of that. Yeah, it's just such a fun film. Before we go into it, before we start talking about why Jingle All The Way is probably criminally, I I wouldn't say, maybe not criminally underrated. Oh, I'd use criminally. Definitely. I definitely think it's an underrated film. It is like one of those films where you watch it and you think, oh, this was a great film. And then you see other people like talk about the same film and they're like, this is terrible, it's trash and everything. And I'm sorry, like to those people listening, to this. Have you seen Netflix? Have you seen the <laughs> Christmas films on there? See, compared to that, it makes Jingle All The Way look like it's a wonderful life. And I'm not exaggerating. Some of those films are like, Mary was just a normal office woman. And then all of a sudden, she went to, I don't know, she went to like this farm in Kentucky or something. And it was like, yeah, then she learned to love, blah, blah, blah. Santa hit her over the head. 
you know, the, the usual Christmas joy that you get in these, like, 20 similar films. Yeah, people talk about this like it's, like, Kirk Cameron saving Christmas. It, it's nowhere yeah. near that level of, you know, this film is genius, I will stand by it. Mm-hmm. So people, people who lambast it are fools. <laughs> yeah, I said it, you're all fools. <laughs> Come at me. There's that Christmas spirit. <laughs> It's just as baffling. Like, I, I won't go on too long about it, but it is just baffling that people will think that this film is terrible. As I said, it's not, like, the best or the most, like, heartwarming of Christmas films out there, but it's nowhere near as bad as, like, the vitriol and things like that that people bring to this film. Yeah, before we jump into it, will we just give a quick summary? Let's go for it. Basically, Home Alone... Uh, Home Alone, Jesus Christ. <laughs> on, and get your head in the game. Basically, Kirk Cameron saving Christmas is about... <laughs> Ah, you thought you were listening to Jingle all the way. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. In the words of Arnie, you know, where's your Christmas cheer? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, to give a brief synopsis, Jingle All The Way is about a workaholic father who is trying to bond with his son, played by the same kid that played Anakin Skywalker in Phantom Menace. Just wanted to throw that out there. Really weird. Really weird when you see him. You're like, ah, it's a kid from Star Wars that hated that film for obvious reasons. But that's another podcast episode. Yeah, it's about this workaholic father who his son asks him to get like a Turbo Man doll, which is like the doll of the year in the film. And of course, he leaves it too late and it leads him across the city and he's trying to buy this toy and yeah hijinks ensue would you say that's a safe enough summary yeah no it's you hit all the key points there there's a lot to get into so yeah before we you know dive into the jingle bells of this film yeah we will be right back just after these messages Welcome to Shatsunami, a variety podcast that talks about topics from gaming and films to streaming and general interests. Previously on Shatsunami, we discussed Game of the Decade, Deadly Premonition, the romantic thriller Birdemic, and listen to us get all sappy as we discuss our top five Christmas films. If that sounds like your cup of tea, then you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, and all good podcast apps. As always, stay safe, stay awesome, and most importantly, stay hydrated. We are Beer and Chill Podcast. Podcast where we review TV shows, games, movies and whatever else takes our fancy. So what are you waiting for? If you're a cool kid like us, you're gonna listen to the Beer and Chill Podcast. You can get it anywhere from Spotify all the way to your grandmother's radio. My name is Jan. And I'm Craig C. And we are Beer and Chill. And what holy jolly messages those were. My god, you could hang tinsel on those. So, yeah, yeah. jingle all the way. I want to hear your first impressions of this film. I was quite interested about something you said in the intro. You said that this is a film you watched much later on. Was it right to say you said that you weren't a fan of it in the first, like, viewing? Yeah, I wouldn't say I wasn't a fan of it. It just, it just kind of, like went in one ear and went out the other. Oh, okay. Um that kind of makes sense. I think I put it on while I was helping like my mum put up the Christmas tree. So it was just kind of one of those things. It just kind of passed the time. I laughed at I laughed at the jokes, you know, but I didn't really because I, I wasn't like fully concentrating on mm-hmm. it. I didn't really like get it get all of what the film was doing. That makes sense. Yeah. I didn't really get like the whole story and, and his messages and stuff. So yeah, it was kind of it wasn't like I didn't like it. It just was that kind of thing that it was just kind of past the time. And I said it was only subsequently when I went back and actually like sat down and watched it properly. I was like, 
yeah, this is genius. What changed your mind, if you don't mind me asking? It was a repeat, just watching it on repeated viewings and actually just focusing on it and just kind of looking at, like, the actual heart of the film and, like, what it has to say and everything. And honestly, one reason that I love this film so much is that it is honestly an excellent tonic for all the schmaltz <laughs> of a usual Christmas film fair. Yeah. This Jingle All The Way is so, is so, it's on a completely different track to basically 99% of all other Christmas films. And I love it for that. It's just the one that like, you can just, it's just, it's that, it's that palate cleanser. You know, it cuts right through the kind of sweet and saccharine, like, you know, tone of these other films, which is not a bad thing. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, you know, Christmas films should, for mo- most part, have that kind of like, you know, sugary sweet centre to it. But I love this one for just the sharp, bitter <laughs> taste that just cuts through and gets you to the heart of what modern Christmas is like you do raise a good point it's definitely different compared to a lot of films like I, I, as i was kind of joking about before there's so many christmas films i've seen where it's just rinse and repeat it's like borrowing plot points from other films like for example it's a wonderful life fantastic film i think it was a it was no <laughs> what, what do i mean i think no it was it was our number one christmas <laughs> film because it's <laughs> From a reliable source, uh, me, myself, and I, <laughs> genuinely, it is one of the best Christmas films of all time. Like, I, I, I will still stand by that to this day. Oh, definitely. When you get other people trying to copy that, because there's been lots, there has been lots, you, you might be thinking, you're wagging your finger thinking, oh, Satsu, you lovable Grinch. No way. There is no way. Oh, trust me. I, I literally saw one where it was like a businesswoman, again, a businesswoman in New York, and she walks through, um, I think it's Tyne, or, oh, what's the park called in New York? Central, central park. park, thank you. See, I should know that because I've got a central perk mug <laughs> sitting right beside me. <laughs> I'm like, central, um... So first of all, she walks through Central Park at night, which, from what I've heard, not a good idea. Yeah, she walks through, she meets, like, a guy who rides, like, the horse and carriage, played by William Shatner. It was grim. It was a grim, grim film, you know. Not like grim as in it was like disturbing. It was just the same, as you said, schmaltzy, kind of sickeningly sweet. Oh, yay, Christmas is about family and things. And it's like, I mean, it is. There's a time and a place for it. But if every film is like that, then you're going to get bored, aren't you? You're just going to be like, this is what a Christmas film is. Jingle All The Way, I do agree. Jingle All The Way is, I mean, it's acted great. It's so over the top but I think that plays into the strength of the film would you say the acting's on point for this film here's what I'd say about the I, I think the I agree with you on the whole I think the acting is on point if we're being honest I think Arnie is miscast in this film Ooh. like he is in most of his films if we're being <laughs> This isn't a film that he should be in at all. I don't buy him for one second as a mattress kingpin. I mean, of all the of all the film roles that Arnie's had, this isn't the this isn't the most unbelievable. No. Uh, in the film True Lies, he plays a computer salesman. That is the most unbelievable role <laughs> I've ever seen. But I don't buy him as a mattress kingpin. But that being said, he works surprisingly well in this film, and I think it's almost because of how miscast he is. Arnie's comedy is it's never it can never tell if he's a com if he's a comedic genius or just what he does is just naturally funny and he doesn't mean it. But whatever reason it is, like because he's so funny in this, it works so well, and you kind of like can look past the fact that he does not fit in this film at all. The late great Phil Hartman. Oh. Um, yeah. Who plays? Who, who you may remember from such roles as Troy McClure and Lionel Hutz on The Simpsons is just 
perfect as the sleazy as sleazy neighbor Ted. He is he's I think he's maybe the highlight of the film. He is so good. Sinbad, who plays uh, Myra, I've forgotten his second name now, who plays the postman Myra, who's kind of like the antagonist of this film, and is basically like, finds himself like battling Arnie to get hold of this Turbo Man doll. He brings a kind of manic energy yeah. to the film. I think he can often strain to being quite irritating, and like, you know, but I think overall he works pretty well in the film, and he kind of works quite well when he's playing off Arnie. So I think overall the, act- the acting is good. I mean, uh, Rita Wilson, Tom Hanks' wife, by the way, who plays Howard's wife in this film. She doesn't really get much to do. Like, she really is just, like, all she gets to really do is nag Arnie and basically, like, fight off lecherous Ted uh, throughout the film. She's not really given much to work with, which is a bit of a shame. But I think for, like, the three main, if you're looking at, like, Howard, Ted, and then uh, Myron, kind of three main characters, I think they all work well for kind of different reasons. Yeah, I see what you mean about his wife. She's just kind of there to be the, I suppose, just there to look after the child while Arnold goes in these, like, extra Again, like. He shirks all his parental duties. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and remember, she's his number one customer. <laughs> <That's what it laughs> I, I think that's amazing because that's genuinely how I feel at work. I'm not a mattress salesman, but when I'm replying <laughs> to emails, it's like, you, you know that way. Anybody who works in that kind of job where you're constantly replying to emails all day, you know, you always have that tagline at the end of your email. And it just, it reminded me of that when he's just like, and remember, you're my favorite, you're my number one customer. And she just looks horrified and just slams. I, I think that's so funny. This film, would you say this film is definitely like a, time capsule of the time like don't get me wrong I still think it's applicable to nowadays for Christmas but do you think it's quite a time capsule in a way but I still think I think it's the most maybe relatable oh, yeah. Christmas I think this is probably a story a Christmas story that a lot of people can relate to I mean like it's obviously like it's obviously satirising things like uh, events such as like the Cabbage Patch mm-hmm. riots that you got in the 1980s where if you remember the Cabbage Patch oh not that we remember if you've seen the Cabbage Patch kids which were absolutely oh, yeah. like, crazy like absolute killer toy in the 1980s 1980s and like parents were like trampling each other to like you know robbing each other to get hold of these for their kids but i think as well it also kind of presses and i don't know if black friday was a thing in 1996 or if it became a thing later on but if it became a thing later on then this film like presaged exactly what was gonna happen you know for all of these like you know, all these kind of black friday events so in a way it is a time capsule especially as well with the kind of like 90s you know and i suppose for getting like a toy like that that is very kind of a 90s toy it kind of reminds me of when like the buzz lightyear toy Oh yeah. We're out, or like the Furbies, you know, something akin to that was very much a nineties craze. Everybody was trying to get their hands on. But in that idea of like of the, the kind of like must-have item, I think it's just as applicable today as it was in nineteen ninety-six. Do you know what's ironic? You bring up the um, Cabbage Patch Kids because in the same year there was another craze for a toy, and it was the Tickle Me Elmo doll. Like genuinely, parents all over America and all over the world. Like I think it was more America. I can't like say for a fact. It was like all over the world, but definitely America. They were scrambling for this toy, being like, oh no, we gotta get it. And I, I do agree. It's something that definitely carries over. Because as I've said before, then this is like an example I always bring up, but for example, the Wii craze of 2006, and I don't mean Wii as in small, I'm not that Scottish, I mean the literal Nintendo Wii that was sold out, people had to ship it from Germany of all places, because they had like tons of them for some reason in Germany, but nowhere else, so they had to ship it all the way from there to the UK, 
in time for Christmas. It was like really hard. And again this year, I mean, look at the Xbox uh, Series X, which, yeah, like genuinely, I'm still waiting for Microsoft to reply and send me one. Unfortunately, they're not answering my emails. They, they, they sent me a letter the other day. It said cease and desist or something. I don't know what it means. But anyway, I'll, I'll look at it later. But the main thing is, Microsoft, please give, give me a free Xbox because my Xbox One's on the blink, please. For just one Xbox Series X a day, you can keep us that so happy. Please, sir, can I have one more? What? Yeah, like, uh, again, going back to the point there, that, like, there's always going to be that, like, toy or gadget or something that that's always going to be in high demand. I mean, th- there's always something every year. Because I know people will be thinking, oh, no, that's not the case, or I would never rush out. Believe me, if you had kids... <laughs> <laughs> or you see like all these shows for kids that do you remember like years ago watching things like Cartoon Network and programs like that that the amount of like insidious adverts for toys on that you know it was like there would be a cartoon then there would be an ad break but it's not like for obvious reasons it's not like you know John Johnson attorney at law or something <laughs> or you know are your feet hurting why not try a stair lift you know nothing like that it's all like the high powered action toys and things like that. You've got your Lego, you've got your, oh god, I'm getting old. <laughs> your fidget spinners and the flossing and the dancing. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I remember that because I remember I desperately wanted the Lego Hogwarts oh, set when that, yeah. every year that mm-hmm. came out and that that was like one of these ones. I remember my parents had to like go to, there used to be a big Toys R Us not far from us. Like they were, de- they were phoning there every day <laughs> to try and see if that was coming in. But I mean, that's kind of, the film satirizes that as well because when Arnie's speaking to uh, his kids, uh, called Jamie, as you say, played by Jake Lloyd. Um, and like, he's like, what do you want for Christmas? And then like, Jamie goes into that big speech and he's like, oh, you know, the, the Terra Man, and he's listing all the features of it, like just exactly as you can imagine it was in the ad for yeah. it. The battery's not included. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of way of that but subliminal but also very much in your face advertising the mix of the two and how like insidious it is for children you know and how much they just pick up on that it is amazing though just like how they captured it so well even as a parody or a satire or however you want to quote it it is just it's amazing isn't it how they just capture the essence as it were yeah no like it, it completely is like and you can tell this is written by people who have experienced this. oh yeah if, if anything this is such a human story in a way, because I guess guarantee so many parents will completely unlike will know exactly what this is maybe not maybe not to this extreme but they will understand that kind of like pressure to get this thing for your kid and you know even if perhaps we haven't like experienced that like per se as a parent yeah. you know we kind of know of it as being the child or yeah. we, it's something we may end up having to do you know as a potential future parent so it is a human story in that sense of you know like it's not so much like oh like the best you know the, the greater good of humans it's yeah. just that, like, the craze and like the pressure is to be a human so Oh yeah, there's no like, there's no sappy like moral of this. It's like do whatever you can to make your child happy. That's what I find fascinating about this film. Like, just you bringing that up, there is almost a complete lack of any kind of festive cheer. Mm-hmm. Literally, the only kind of bit that you get is actually right after the credits. After the credits, there's like a scene in like the in the Langstrom family home where Arnie puts like the the, the star on top of the tree. Really, that's kind of it. There's really not much else at all. I often term this film as like a refreshing slice of holiday cynicism. I'll list some of the things that are in the film here. So we have black market toy rings, we have crass consumerism, we have mail bombs, we have suburban sleaze, 
<laughs> amongst a multitude of other things. You know, the film actually has like such a, it's a very dark core to it. If you think about it, for much as it's a comedy, there's this really kind of bleak like center to the film because it's a really a tale of like an absent father who, th- who can only think to use material items to win his son's affection like that's all he can that's all he can do in his mind he can't conceive of any other way to you know like be the best father and like please his child away. all he can think is i must get these material items for him so it's actually a really really dark core and like they say it's like the son like it, it's a son who's clearly growing frustrated with like an abs with his absent father and is almost in search of a father figure himself which is maybe one of the reasons he kind of latches onto turbo man as this like hero to look up to because his own father isn't providing that so it's it's actually really bleak if you think about it i remember reading some of the reviews and it's all this stereotypical like oh this film has a terrible message and oh this film you know is very this and that and you think well it is a more real as you said it's a more realistic take on the holiday and again as you said like we're not speaking from the perspectives of being parents but i can only imagine like seeing you know when you go christmas shopping to supermarket or not supermarket sorry what toys am i buying to you know like the malls or shopping centers or things like that and you know you just see all the dejected parents walking by trudging along with like i don't know something from build-a-bear or you know from game or something and just being like totally dejected and i'm not saying that as a critique being like oh look at these people so sad like i genuinely feel sorry you know that's kind of because don't get me wrong like and this is the sappy message of this episode but christmas is like a kind of time of you know goodwill and faith and things but it would it would not be right to say that it's not a materialistic holiday. It has definitely evolved into that. And the fact that, as you said, you've got this father figure played by Arnie of course he's doing his best to no sorry he's not doing his best as you actually said I was going to be nice there but no he's not he's a workaholic he breaks the law to try and get back to his son's like karate recital he doesn't get there what seems to him like probably an insignificant moment because does he not say that about the belts he's like oh can he not come to the next one or something yeah Yeah. he does and you know the mum's like no you have to be here for this one and of course, as you said, the sleazy neighbour played by Phil Hartman, who he did a fantastic job. I'm sorry, he is the highlight of this film. He's like kind of the anti-Flanders, isn't he? <laughs> you know, go, going for the Simpsons. That's a perfect description. He is like, think of Ned Flanders, you know, from the Simpsons, and just reverse that, like evil Flanders, if you will, where the only reason he's being nice to people isn't because he's genuinely nice, and that is something that's actually brilliant. You've probably noticed it, but there's a scene in the film where he's got like a reindeer like a real life reindeer kicking about the neighborhood and he's got like the manger scene and he's giving out like hot chocolate and you know things like that and all the women of the of like the suburban area are flocking around him jake lloyd's character jamie jamie turns around to the phil hartman's kid i can't remember what his name is oh that is terrible I don't, I don't think he even does he even have a name i can't remember johnny Phil no as it's johnny oh, is it johnny? Yeah, the, the only reason as i'm remembering that scene where he's like i got johnny a turbo man for christmas it's nestled <laughs> safely under our tree <laughs> he's like gee you're great but yeah he's basically lapping up the attention and obviously the only person who's not really buying it is arnie's wife <laughs> 
<laughs> is keeping our distance. And Johnny says to Jamie, he's like, my dad never used to do this, but as soon as he got divorced, he started doing this all the time. I'm just laughing because of what he follows up with. He says, like, it did him the world of good. And he turns to <laughs> Jamie and says, maybe your parents should get divorced, which is something that a child does not want to hear. <laughs> from anybody and it is just that thing of he's just doing it for the attention and he's the perfect like kind of i mean there's two villains in this piece isn't there there's phil hartman's character and there's sinbad who plays uh, myron the postman and they both are kind of evil in a different way like obviously not comically well myron is but we'll get to him (laughs) we will get to him but for phil hartman's character he's just this sleazy oh he just does it so well like I cannot emphasize enough how good of a job he does it like for example he goes to um, Arnie's house while he's absent and just basically to weasel his way in and it's just so funny when he's like oh um, he says to the woman oh go take a shower and you know I'll handle the cookies and it's so funny if you notice that like his facade drops immediately when he's left alone with the kids because he's like you go upstairs put your feet up have a nice shower I'll deal with the cookies and as soon as she's out of earshot the kids are like fighting with one another and he yells out it's like pipe down in there then of course it gets a phone call from Arnold <laughs> he's, like, he's like that cookie scene is probably my favourite in the whole film where he's like oh my god can we talk about that scene <laughs> of course he can. It's really amazing. Yeah, so in the scene, just for context, Howard, of course, played by Arnie. I, I just realised I've just been calling him Arnie or Arnold, not Howard. Because uh, let's face it, like, we know his names. We'll just call him Arnie from here on. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Arnie, like, phones home, and of course, Phil Hartman's character answers it. Oh, it's so funny. And he's, like, eating his wife's cookies, and he is, Arnie's just raging because he's like, Who told you you could eat my cookies? And he just keeps saying, like, like, well, I could check on your wife. I think she's in the shower. And he gives the most sleazy smile. And he's like, do you want me to check? And he's like, no. He, like, he screams it down the phone. And all of these like people beside him look at him as if he's gone mad. And he's like, no. No, Ted. <laughs> no, Ted. Thank you. And then, of course, you've got the iconic put that cookie down line, which is fantastic. Oh, it's so good. But I think that's what works actually kind of well about about the two villains, about uh, Ted and Myron. They're actually both broken men. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as much as they are, like, antagonists and aren't, mm-hmm. like for the most part, aren't, like, good people. As we said, like, Ted is this way because of his divorce, which has clearly, like, broken him in, in many ways, like, obviously mentally as well, like, and he's just, like, trying to overcompensate, and as you say, he's just attention-hungry, you know, loving, like, the attention from all the suburban housewives as he lusts after, like, you know, his, his next-door neighbour. And then Myron as well, like, you know, we get the whole, there's a scene where, like, um, Myron and Arnie um, have struggled, or, like, can't find this doll at all, and they both end up in the same diner, and they're, like, commiserating and feeling sorry for themselves and Myron tells the story about how his dad didn't get him like the toy that the hot item the hot toy and he's like and that's why I became a mailman I was like well guess who my next door neighbor was like he's now the CEO of this like a billion dollar corporation because his dad got him the toy which in one level if you look at it at face value you're like well that's a terrible message it's like if you don't if you don't like buy material items for your kid they're going to be a failure in life but actually I think it's something deeper and like it's this way of it's not actually anything about getting the toy it's the clearly like you know Myron's father was like how it was like Arnie's character was like absent and you know didn't show the necessary care and like affection for his child which has kind of like resulted in Myron like struggling in life and it's that way that like rather than like 
focus on that it's kind of become revolved around this this item you know that this toy in a way that like a child's mind perhaps would do you know and then you know it's difficult to break out of that mindset even as you grow up so again it's just such a it's such a dark film that i don't think you quite get it maybe on the first viewing but i think it's only on repeated viewings that you kind of get a peer into the abyss which sits in the center <laughs> of this film and again it's just something that like i find like uh, refreshing is like the, like such a bizarre word to use but it just really is to, it's just, like it's an actually fascinating study of like what the holidays can do to people <laughs> in a way in the kind of like the kind of hurt and the kind of craziness it can cause do, do you want to know an interesting fact about that scene oh, go for so it. The toy that he was talking about in the diner is the Johnny 7 OMA gun, or OMA gun, however you say it. OMA means uh, one-man army. So it was like a kind of, probably like the Swiss army knives of guns <laughs> kind of thing. But the interesting thing is, that's a real toy. Oh, really? That was a real toy, yeah. Apparently it says it was released in 1964, so it's quite an old toy. But yeah, apparently, I was reading up the trivia for this, and that's what they were saying. The, it, the advert was exactly how Myron describes it, you know, John. Johnny Rapiro, Johnny Rapiro, Roger, and he does the whole, like, spiel. Oh my god, I'm looking at the gun, I'm looking at the toy now. (laughs) It's it's a piece of work, yeah. I kind of want one. Yeah, okay. Add this to my Christmas list. (laughs) Damn, I've already bought your Christmas, you know what, I'll I'll see what Santa can bring. (laughs) If you don't get me, if you don't get me a Johnny 7 OMA, then I'm going to become a postman as well and blame you. (laughs) Well, if you do, I'm not opening any presents from you. (laughs) <laughs> here's this here's this lovely parcel <laughs> ignore the ticking <laughs> can we just talk about how dark that scene is by the way yeah. there's a scene which i have to admit i did chuckle and it's played for laughs thank god because i genuinely i don't think i could have taken it. i think i would have killed the film if they took it as a serious like bomb thing but basically there's a scene where they break in like this is how desperate they are they break into this like radio station who are doing this like giveaway for a turbo man doll and they're like bang <laughs> It's, it's hilarious because it's imagine you're a radio DJ and you're just doing your show you're just going about your everyday life and then Arnold Schwarzenegger comes out and he's banging on the glass door on a blitz and rats a prancer you're too late I know I won. He's like, did I get it? And it's like, oh my, that would be terrifying for anyone. But the guy's <laughs> the poor guy. But yeah, he calls the police on them and they have to escape. And just as they get caught by the police, like the first time when Myron's trying to get the Turbo Man doll, he pulls out like a random package and says it's a parcel bomb. You know, like he's really, you know, like yelling at them to get down and he accidentally drops it and it turns out to be a music box. But then he tries the same thing with the police. And the police, obviously, they take it seriously and they put the guns down and he puts the parcel down and he runs off and you know like the confident police chief who can I just say he was just doing his job <laughs> the entire film he has the he gets the harsh end of the stick in this film but he ends up in <laughs> yeah he ends up being like ah oh, in all my years of the bomb squad I'm sure it's fine and then you just see in the distance this explosion <laughs> and Sinbad goes that really was a bomb there are sick people in this world <laughs> Which I have to admit, it did get a chuckle out of me. And it does cut back and the police officer's fine. He's got the cartoony, like, you know, the kind of black suit all over his face and the hair's all done up. Um, as if it's like a cartoon bomb that's exploded, which thank God they went that route and they just didn't, like, they didn't. Yeah, <laughs> up the wall. Yeah, like Die Hard style. It's like, oh my God. That was <laughs> such a funny scene, though. As you said, it just continues that kind of dark tone. It's kind of strange how, although there's such a dark tone, it's 
like juxtaposed with this glittery bright kind of backdrop you know you've got Turbo Man who is basically like the Power Rangers almost that that's the kind of closest I can think yeah. of like for what he's <laughs> representing you know he's like the typical superhero where he's got all the he's got his utility belt he's got god I'm reading the advert now <laughs> he's got you know, the karate chop you know battery's not included <laughs> and so forth and yeah he's just like this stereotypical toy and you know he's got a sidekick who's like this fluffy like saber tooth pink saber tooth let me add called um uh called booster that's one of my favorite running jokes in this because like every time they go to like all these angry parents go to like a toy store they all want turbo man because obviously you want like you know as you brought up earlier it's like going for buzz lightyear and getting the pig instead you know Maybe the pig is possible, but no one wants the pig from Toy Story compared to Buzz Lightyear or Woody or, you know, like, it is, it's so funny because they keep saying we've got, and there's a great guy who's like, you know, who runs like one of the malls and he's like, but we've got Turbo Man's uh, faithful sidekick, Booster, and everyone's like, nobody wants Booster, nobody wants him, (laughs) and they're like, yeah, no one wants Booster, and you're like, oh my god, it's it is great and throughout the whole thing even at the end when they're fighting on the floor and all these kids run up to this poor guy who I'm convinced is Gilbert Gottfried but I could be wrong it's the same voice <laughs> yeah because like he gets the absolute you know what kicked out of him by these kids nobody likes you oh poor um, well I would say poor guy but he's a bit of a he's, he's not very not booster himself but the guy in the suit at the end he's not a very nice man but yeah as I said it's like all of this well you know what Christmas is like it's you know the tinsel coming down you know the red and the golds and the greens and things you know just all flashing and you just see like in fact I, I kind of I find it kind of funny see the scene where he of course tries to go and get like a raffle and it's just chaos it's as you said it's like Black Friday where they throw all these balls with numbers on them and whoever gets the ball um, with the right number gets the turbo in fact no it's not a number is it like a star or something like that yeah I- I think it has got a number on it, actually. I think it is, like, it's almost like bingo balls or something like that. He tries grabbing, like, everyone's grabbing them, and there's the iconic line, He got two! Um, as he yells at Myron, and he gets, like, basically mobbed. It's a very dark... <laughs> <laughs> and then of course he tries to get it from a child which yeah you, you can guess how that goes a, a fully grown man crawling into a ball pit trying to get a ball off a child it does not end well he gets them um, beaten I'm not above it <laughs> and then of course he, he gets lured in by the shady Santa as you said the whole Santa ring I what do you think about that scene I love it for like again just the bleak like you know <laughs> the fact there's this like crime ring of Santas just like making all these counterfeit toys I think I think is a is a funny kind of like image, and then as well like I love like the kind of fight scene that happens. Like, I actually think there's some really good action scenes like kind of peppered throughout this film. Like obviously Arnie's probably best known for his, his action films, Commando, Predator, Terminators, things like that. But like obviously this this isn't an action film, but I think there's some really good like scenes. I, that fight I think is great. Like I just I love the kind of like I love the whole wave when he's getting like mobbed by the Santas and then the police break it all up and stuff. And then you know and as well like as you say I love the chase like when he's chasing that ball. Like down there and he's he's like crawling through like the kids play, but I think it's a really funny image of this like giant like hawking off tree and like crawling through these tunnels and everything, and then just getting like getting attacked by all these like mums. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
I think it's just funny. Like I, I, I really like it. I, I really enjoy it. I mean, I'm just trying to think of that. So like, maybe it goes on a bit too long. But my favorite moment of that whole like sequence, not only when he says like, "Forget it, I'm not sitting on your lap," to the shady Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Of all things, like I, I didn't say it to a Santa, but I remember I was out with my uh, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> we were walking about and there was this like Santa's grotto and she said like jokingly oh do you want to go in and I was like listen if it's a 10 year old child sitting on Santa's lap that's cute <laughs> if it's a nearly 30 year old man <laughs> sitting on Santa's lap it's a criminal offence okay and it's the same with Arnold you know it's like yeah whether or not he was going to sit in that guy's lap that's such a good <laughs> scene though but my favourite bit is when he actually gets his hand on a turbo handle which turns out to be a counterfeit basically it's all wrapped up and they like take $200 for it and uh, he hears like this weird you know sound he's like what is that and he tears it open and it starts speaking in Spanish and he presses the button and all you hear is like it's el tiempo del turbo <laughs> it's like oh uh, yes that's a um, multilingual version <laughs> it's, like, it's educational <laughs> you're know, like oh it's lazy con man it's, it's when the head falls off and he's like oh yeah, well, some assembly required, obviously. And of course, aren't they, like, not someone you want to piss off? You know, as you said, hulking Austrian is perfect <laughs> to describe him in his prime. Because I think at this time, he was making all of his, like, child... Or not child, but his, like, family-friendly comedies. Yeah, I think Twins is around this time. Twins is around this time. Junior as well, the one where he, where he gets pregnant. Last Action Hero as well, I think, is not long for, which is, like, the kind of, like, crossover... Which is my favourite of the Arnie comedies, but it's, like, crossover comedy action, which is another one that I really really like but as you say it's all like this kind of like early to mid 90s yeah it's definitely him and he's um, I don't want to say comedy prime but you know what I mean that kind of genre that he was exploring you <laughs> think comedy era yes that's bookmark as it were <laughs> Although, a, a quick like aside, but speaking of the cast, did you know that there were like other considerations about which actor should play like certain characters in this film? I, I did not. Who were they thinking? The most noticeable was Myron, who apparently the producer, Chris Columbus, who I was surprised because Chris Columbus did the first two, I think it was the Harry Potter films. Yeah, he did Home Alone as well, didn't he? So he did, yeah. He is a talented guy. Props to him. But yeah, he did that and um, apparently they wanted Joe Pesci to play Myron but th- this is what it says in IMDB so if you don't believe me look it up everybody listen <laughs> producer Chris Columbus wanted Joe Pesci to play Myron but he was deemed too short at 5 foot 3 next to Arnold Schwarzenegger who is 6 foot 2 can I just say I didn't realise I was the same height as him <laughs> I'm surprised he's that like that I say yeah. that short but you know like I'd have well yeah. thought he was taller than that yeah I genuinely I thought he was taller but yeah can you imagine Joe Pesci playing Myron like maybe I think he might have worked out Actually. I would have loved it. I think that would have been incredible. Like <laughs> a manic Joe Pesci would have been amazing to watch. Like no, no offense to no offense to Sinbad. But I do, as I say, like as much as I think he does work in this film, I do think he does border into the into the irritating at points in a way that I think Joe Pesci would have like walked that line much better. No, I totally agree. I mean, especially after like the leading from the Home Alone, the only two Home Alone films. There was never any sequels, which is a shame. <laughs> there was never any reboots. There definitely wasn't one released this year. Uh, yeah, and there was wasn't one with a dog or dogs no if you if you don't if you want to check out that non-existent film you know yeah check out our episode on that horror. Yep. <laughs> yeah. horror. If you want to watch a man get barbecued alive yeah or them um, a lawn dart up the ass then yeah that's your <laughs> quickly move <laughs> along <laughs> yeah move along 
So as a kind of closing, or not a closing, because let's face it, we could talk about this film for hours, but can we talk about like one final part of this film? That of course being the finale. The utter bonkers. <laughs> the bit that I honestly don't think fits into the rest of the film, I'm going to be honest. It seems a bit whimsical. Not like the ending of it. Like, I, I feel as if, so, sorry, just to quickly explain, Arnie, you know, here's another dark twist coming, another dark plot point, but basically he goes, he tries to break into his neighbour's house, you know, the lecherous one, and he tries to steal a turbo mandol on Christmas Eve from under the tree, and it, like, he gets rightfully called out for it, and although I did love him, Phil Hartman's response, he's like, you can't bench press your way out of this <laughs> That's something great. It's so fun. It's as if like he has the upper hand and it's like, oh Ted, you really don't. It's so, oh, it's so funny. To which he punches a reindeer in that scene as well, which is very jarring. The reindeer boots the flaming wise man's, wise man's head out the window into that group of caroler, carolers, which I love. They'll literally scream. Did you hear what Phil Hartman says to that? He's like, both of them. Apparently, and again, we're not sponsored by anybody, especially beer companies. <laughs> Apparently, I, I don't know if this film was filmed in Minnesota. I think it was. I think it was because the only reason I say that is there's like a lot of references to Minnesota and don't get me wrong I don't know the first thing about Minnesota so apologies to all our Minnesota what, what do you call someone from Minnesota? Minnesota- Minnesotans? Minnesotians? Please let us know <laughs> down in the comments <laughs> Prove your worth as a Minnesotan But yeah apparently see the scene where he pours out like a beer and shares it with the reindeer yeah. That's one of the trivia points that apparently it's a classic Minnesota beer It's still very popular today Oh no and it's like a tiny I have to admit there's something kind of cute and quaint about that that they have these kind of like mini nods to Minnesota and like the place they're filming it I, I, I do like that I, I think that's a really nice touch anyway sorry moving on from that it ends up he's running from the police again he bumps into the police officer who at this stage has been blown up his bike's been knocked over he's been scalded with hot coffee <laughs> and he ends up getting into this dressing room where he is dressed up as Turbo Man and I do love the guy saying like oh by the way you know it's so good you could fill in for so and so before he's still in the hospital it's like wait what he's dying of brain activity which is a good thing that's a good thing you're like oh no and he ends up which oh so funny he ends up being dressed as Turbo Man in one of the it's not the Macy Day Parade but it's something similar akin to that yeah is this the one where Sonic the Hedgehog is in the parade yes it is right no that's fine because I remember there was another one I couldn't remember if it was this one or Miracle on 34th Street maybe there is one I don't know yeah I mean this was the 90s so it made sense yeah Sonic and Crayola and all these other things so many crayons yeah I don't get that why were there so many crayons I don't understand that and people dressed as parcels which is one of the is that the one is that the same scene I'm thinking of where a guy gets knocked down as a parcel and his wee legs are flailing yeah the only other parcels kind of gather around (laughs) I'm sorry Billy it's your time But yeah, it's like he ends up dressing as Turbo Man, and I have to admit, it is a dick move, although this is in character, 
before. <laughs> the fact he's just like, oh, I'll pick my own son, Jamie. And it's like, how does he know my name? And it's like, that is, that is staged. It's so staged. And he was about to like out himself before um, Myron came in. After he kidnapped a man, can I just say, yeah, for a toy. Myron racks up quite the criminal record. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, let, let's just say that, see if this was like in real life, Myron would probably still be in prison today. Yep. <laughs> I mean, he blows up the police, he kidnaps a guy and ties him up and then steals his uniform. Or not his uniform, but the villain of, um, I can't even remember what he's called. In the... uh, he's called De- Dementor, isn't it? Dementor, yeah. Oh, you're right, yeah. The big yeah, brain guy. stole from to Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, it ends up, and it's just, oh, it's just so funny. It ends up they have like a, well, they don't really have a fight because he's like trying to break away from what everyone else things like a you know a choreograph skit it ends up like i i love this scene by the way because it's so dumb but it's when the police officer sees a 10 year old boy running top of a building he's hanging off of it and the child's mum is like trying to like rush past to get her child and the police officer stops her and is like ma'am i'm sorry you can't come this way and she's like but that's my son and she's like, he's like oh he's doing a great job part of the show and it's like how can you think this is part of the show oh and then of course he uses his jetpack which or sorry arnie uses his jetpack which let's let's face it some places don't even have the budget to cover potholes how could you know what that that's a minor nitpick i mean <laughs> and just like he manages to use this jetpack and save his you know and i have to admit there is like a nice symbolism there you know jamie throughout the film is looking up to turbo man and then by the end of it although he is looking up to turbo man turbo man is his dad and all of this and i know that's the kind of like as you said the kind of smushy ending but Howard, even after this, Howard is not a nice man. No. Like, he's, he's not the what? He's not a Ted. He's not Phil Hartman's character. But he's not, I, I don't think this makes up for for years of neglect. No, but that's as well, like, you're completely right. But as well, like, it shows how little he's actually emotionally grown. Because as much as he has, he has, like, a, going back to that diner scene, he has a, a scene where, like, just before he's he's been trying to, like, he's trying to call his wife through a lot of the film to, like, to, I guess, to, like, say he's probably, like, be like oh, no, I'll be there soon, I promise stuff. But he keeps getting hold of his son, and it, he's, like, desperately trying to speak to his wife, but his son's, like, talking about, like, oh, you come to see the parade and stuff, and I can't wait to see Turbo Man, and, like, and Arnie just flips out, and he's just like, I enough of Turbo Man! <laughs> like, you know, he's just yelling at his kid, jumping to, like, his kid, like, is really angry at him, and, like, slams the phone down, and he goes off, and, he, like, he's commiserating with Myron, and he's like, you know, does it make me a bad father that I couldn't get this toy? No, but, like, you know, shouting at my kid for no reason, that's what makes me a bad father, and that's, you almost think that's gonna be a moment of emotional growth where he kind of realises, you know, like, basically, like, he's trying to cover up his failings, all his material items, but then these spends I'm trying to get hold of this doll and again that's all he can conceive of at the end of the day you know he's just like again he's like no if I get this doll everything will be fine and actually like not to, not to jump too far ahead to the end but actually it's his son who has like the big emotional growth at the end rather than like Arnie's character yeah because he gives the doll away yeah. <laughs> yeah, to someone who's obviously going to prison for I mean I don't know the American legal system but judging by their like harsh penalties I would assume at least 100 years yeah. <laughs> and you know where that doll's going Right the into evidence. the evidence. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, then again, I don't know. Maybe the police were corrupt and be like, "Yes, I got a turbo man for my son." <laughs> the true crime. Been, that would have been a great twist of like, if like you know the the police the, the like police chief who Arnie keeps like wrecking his life and so keeps like running into. If if he'd been a bigger character and he'd also been looking for the toy, and this was his like plan to get it. That would have been amazing twist. See from start to finish, it is a roller coaster. I love it. So it much. is kind of ironic that he does become like the plastic icon of materialism. <laughs> his son looks up to and I know I know this is sappy why do I want a turbo man doll I've got the real one at home and it's like you do know your dad's not turbo man Jamie <laughs> it takes that suit off yeah it's like jingle all the way too they have to take Jamie to a therapist and be like right you know turbo man's not real right although fun fact there is actually a tur- uh, turbo man too I was about to say there is actually a jingle all the way too nothing to do I've never seen it nor do I have really any intention to but it's just it's nothing to do with the original it's one of these cash grab ones, I think, where they just use the name. Like, Bone Alone, for example. If there ever was an example of crass consumerism... <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that no no but just from what i can imagine just you kind of described it there and what i can imagine it's like i'm just like oh they clearly didn't watch the first film and understand its criticism and commentary but here's a, here's a quick question for you who's more excited about the discovery that arnie is is turbo man is it is it his son or is it his wife is it howard 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 wow Again, you know, that'll probably be brought up in the sequel where it's like, you do know your husband's not trouble, man, man. You do know that we're going to have to put the suit back and then there's probably going to be a long legal process about your your husband. I mean, although it was the 90s, although it was a different time, it wasn't that different that the police didn't say maybe stealing someone else's identity, unwillingly, but stealing someone else's identity and flying through the city. It wasn't very um, legal. But you know what? As you said, he hangs the star on the tree at the end and everything. And you know, it's all happy. And then, of course, she turns around and says, what did you get for me? And yeah, um, Jingle All The Way 2 focuses on their heavy divorce where... um, He has to dress up as a female nanny to get their affection. <laughs> no, sorry. That's Mrs. Doubtfire. Never mind. Imagine if I've already been a Mrs. Doubtfire. Can I just say on a slight tangent here, I showed my partner that film for the first time uh, the other day thinking, oh, it's going to be a, you know, a very funny film and everything. That film is dark. That is like so grim. Have you rewatched that recently? Like in the last five to ten years? I, I, saw, I, only saw, I saw it for the first time um, a couple of years ago. Really? Yeah, wow. it is. It is is quite dark. <laughs> Be like people say that online they're like oh it's like a you know a gritty like or not a gritty but like a harsh look at like divorced parents and things and you're like yeah of course sure it is it's, it's a silly comedy with Robin Williams how dark could it be oh oh okay I see I see what I you mean now. now going back to Jungle all the way again though everybody in that film is just irredeemable maybe except the mum but the mum's like bland as it is at the beginning she's just as you said she's just there yeah She's not there to really... Again, no, no like offence to the actress. Like You can only work with what you're given. Yeah. But yeah, she definitely does not do anything other than, as you say, scold him. Rightfully so. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think her lines are like, You got the doll, right? Turbo Man, you can't be late for Jamie's recital. Howard? Howard! <laughs> and maybe a few like rebuttals from Ted, which there's a very creepy scene, I will admit, where he tries to like advance on oh, her. God. And she smacks his face. And it is like quite uncomfortable when you're watching. You're like, okay, this is a. It's played for laughs, obviously, but you're like. The bit where he's like, I could have any woman I want. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, holy crap, Ted. 
there is one funny line she comes away with where she turns around and she goes, well, I'm a lucky girl, <laughs> like really sarcastically. I will admit, I did chuckle at that. I thought, okay. Okay, she has a little bit more, but like, yeah, obviously she wouldn't have as much of a starring role because, you know, the focus is Arnold being a questionable parent, Phil Hartman being a questionable creep, Myron being a questionable postman, because I don't believe any of his parcels were delivered. People say this, people complain about the Royal Mail Service in the UK. See if you had, like, Myron's America. It's like people are like, oh, my parcel got lost by, like, Hermes or something. It's like, this is why. Because your postman was looking for Turbo Man. <laughs> yeah, he didn't get a Johnny 7 no M.A. gun. <laughs> that, that's the kind of domino effect. Is, or, is it the domino effect or the butterfly effect? Probably the same thing in this case. Yeah, it's like, this is the reason why your present's late and your grandmother didn't get your Christmas card. <laughs> because this guy was trying to blow up the police and you're like, yeah. Very grand. But overall, as a kind of, you know, holy jolly closing point where we get a hot chocolate out and we reminisce about this film, how would you sell this? What are your final thoughts on this film? Again, I would say just, if you can, if you've just had enough, if you've had enough of like you know Christmas being the time like best time of year and you know if you've had enough of the sweet saccharin nature of everything pop this on pop this on your your streaming service of choice or pop the DVD in if you've got it whatever the VHS if you want to want a deep cut but whatever get it on and this is it'll be a refreshing change and you'll have a you'll have a blast with it and I think one thing that actually makes this makes this film really great is that literally. This is one you can watch with the whole family. It is like a P. I think it's a PG rating, if I yeah. remember rightly. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of obviously, as you say, you, you watched it when you were young. I obviously came to it in later life, and I, it's one that you can watch with the whole family because there's so many different. It's it's a good film in that way that there's there's things for different people. Like so, the kids are gonna like all the kind of wacky comedy and you know the pratfalls and everything like that, and Arnie running around and screaming, and the adults will get a kick out of all the like the dark humor that comes out of you know like these suburban housewives lusting after Phil Hartman um, and all these things. Another film that's kind of akin to this is Bad Santa. I don't know if you've ever seen that one with uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Do you know, I haven't seen it. I, I've been meaning to watch it for ages, but I actually haven't seen it. It's it's the same kind of, it has that same kind of dark, like, centre to it. However, that's not one that you could watch with all your family, I will say. Like, it is it is a good film, and I think it is worth a watch. But again, it's not really one that you could show you, show kids or anything like that. It, it is, like, rated a 15, and quite rightly so, to be honest. So, at least with Jingle All The Way, it is one that you can pop on for the family and everybody can kind of enjoy different parts of it and that's what I think makes a good kind of like family film it's got stuff for everybody every member of the family so that's that's two things I'd sell it with you know a refreshing change of pace and good fun for all the family speaking of like you know films that are like this because let's face it although like whether you like this film or not it still has a formula that works jaded parent wants thing for child's Christmas, can't get thing, goes on wacky adventure, comes back, gets thing in the end. The only reason I say that is because it reminds me of another film that I actually watched quite recently, and it was made for British television called Click and Collect. Oh, I remember you saying this one. Yeah, have you seen it yet? No, no, no I keep meaning to watch it because I've heard, I've heard good things about it. I think it's on UK Netflix. Um, I don't know if it would be on BBC iPlayer for any UK listeners out there. To kind of quickly summarise it, it's basically a short film, about 53 minutes long, starring Stephen Merchant and, apologies if I like, mispronounce his name, Azam eh, Chandra, who both are neighbours with one another and Stephen Merchant is this kind of jaded father who's like he goes to pick up his child's toy and, you know, they bump up the price and he's like i'm not paying for this and you know he storms out and then he realizes oh shit 
going to get this present. So he's like, well-meaning but annoying, kind of obnoxious neighbour is like, oh, don't worry, I've um, reserved one for like a shop in Cardiff. It's like four and a half hours away. Come on, let's drive. And they have this kind of road trip. A bit like, well, maybe not like planes, trains and automobiles. A bit yeah. more family friendly. And it is. It's like, you've got a very sweet ending that what I will say is, although it has the consumerism angle, it does have like a sweeter ending. And it's great comedy, honestly. It's absolutely fantastic. Like, I love it. I do think it's like really good. But it's very kind of akin to this, where it's like, again, a father figure who's like having to do everything to try and get this toy, including like driving up the M, whatever. <laughs> He's like driving up the motorway on this buggy. He's trying to, you know, like get this plastic, just this horrible plastic toy. Same with Turbo Man. It's like, it's just a plastic action figure. But of course the kids, the, the toy of Christmas is like what makes Christmas for some kids. Yeah. Whether it's like a status thing or you get that every year, don't you? There's always that one toy. Whether it's a game console, whether it's like a toy. Because let's face it, it's more technology nowadays, doesn't it? Yeah, it is more tech-based than lend you kind of like plastic, you know, block in whatever shape. Because the one thing I will say about Click and Collect, and I swear this is the last point I'll, you know, <laughs> I'll praise it for, is it updates Jingle All The Way in a really good way. Because I always thought, like, how would Jingle All The Way be done nowadays? Because, let's face it, see shopping in the 90s versus shopping nowadays. Nowadays you can click a button That's and true. it's on your doorstep the next day. So you think, you know, how could he do the same thing? Because both films take place on Christmas Eve and, you know, he has to find the Turbo Man doll at the very last minute. Rightfully, he gets laughed at, which is a great scene. Do you remember that? <laughs> it's like, where's your holiday spirit? <laughs> As he grabs two guys, it's like, this is not the man you want to piss off today. But yeah, jingle all the way, honestly, just such a classic film. As you said, I would definitely recommend it. It's pretty much the Christmas salt <laughs> of like our collection of films as we are just about to wrap up for this episode. Next week, we are going to have a bit of a more sappy episode. We are going to be talking more about a film that is very, a Christmas film rather, that is very near and dear to our hearts. Would you like to give our listeners at home a little clue? Indeed, indeed. So, Satsunami and I have a rare treat for you. Our dear listeners just need to say the word. We're going to throw a lasso around the moon and pull it down for you. And with that, stay safe, stay awesome, and most importantly, stay hydrated.